Well, he's wrong. You can't be seated, guys. we got to do our welcoming time. They don't need to sit down, Ace. You're fine. Up and down. Come on, guys. Whatever. All right. Good morning. Welcome. I'm glad you guys are here this morning. What a beautiful fall morning we had. I'm glad you're here to worship the Lord with us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll do our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, God, for the opportunity to be here, Lord, to worship you today in song. Thank you for our worship team this morning, God, leading us in, in song to you and today and uh, Lord, I, I pray, I know we have some, uh, a lot of prayer requests going on. I pray this morning, uh, Lord, for Brenda uh, Moore. Uh, and I, I, Lord, I just pray that she's in the hospital this morning. She has cancer. I just pray, Lord, for her that you just give her some peace and comfort. Hopefully she's watching right now and she can be encouraged and know that we're thinking about her and love her. I know we have numerous people in the congregation sick and going through tests. And so I just want to lift them up to you this morning. Uh, God, I'm thankful to be here uh, this morning healthy and alive and ready to worship you. And uh, Lord, so just uh, be with us today as we worship you in song and giving and the preaching and teaching of your word, God. We love you and I thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Take a few minutes and welcome everyone this morning.
like that song guys thank you seated this morning got a few announcements 
Here's a card uh, that I want to read to you. It says, Crossbridge family, thank you so much for helping celebrate my birthday. I'm so grateful for all of you. A huge thank you to the ladies who set up the party. It was a great time. Selena, thank you guys last week. We had a really good time and, and wow, just an amazing um, amazing effort by everybody in the church. And I appreciate you guys coming and celebrating uh, Selena's birthday last week after the service with us. A couple of more announcements. Um, no men's fellowship tonight. So there's no men's Bible study uh, tonight. I know um, we've had the, the Save Our City revival all week, and a lot of the guys are just pretty wore out. We need to rest too. So no men's uh, Bible study uh, this evening. Our Wednesday night classes, we're going to be starting some new Wednesday night classes. Uh, I think, I'm pretty sure we're going to be starting it this week um, uh, upstairs. We're going to be doing a couple of video series by Dr. David Jeremiah. One is on Proverbs and wisdom, going through Proverbs. The other one uh, is on marriage and, and families and relationships. So uh, I encourage you, though, one's a 10-week study, the other's a 12-week study. So there's going to be upstairs, uh, up here. So we'll have a, a video, and then we'll have a bunch of discussion time. So please come on Wednesday nights if you haven't already. That's at 645, and dinner uh, every Wednesday night is at 6 o'clock. So you don't have to worry about cooking. Just come and, and bring yourself and bring your kids. We have kids' classes, youth classes, the whole nine yards uh, on Wednesday nights. Uh, today, a couple of things today. There's a wedding shower right after the morning service for Mike and Barb, right after the morning service at 1130 uh, for that. And then they have ladies crafting today. That's from 2 to 5 here at the church. So ladies, you have crafting today from 2 to 5 here at the church. See Pat if you have any other, any other details or any questions about that. Uh, please see Pat about that. Also today, the young adult college uh, class is going to Springfield uh, for dinner tonight. They are going to take the church bus, so it leaves at 3.30. So if you're a young adult college and you want to go to Springfield on the outing, uh, it leaves at 3.30 uh, this afternoon uh, on that. Tomorrow night, church softball team. Have you guys had any practices yet? How'd they do? Did you have to whip them into shape? Are we going to be undefeated again? Okay, all right. Church softball team plays tomorrow night at 8.15 at Rotary Park on a highway. So church softball team, 8.15 at Rotary Park uh, tomorrow night. Then the 25th, here's a big event that's coming up. The 25th of September, we're going to do a community outreach on a Sunday afternoon. Normally we do these on Saturdays. We're going to do one on a Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4. So after we get done with the morning service, we're going to be going over and setting up. It's going to be at the park. Uh, we'll have a meal. We'll have a service that afternoon. It's from 1 to 4. Uh, please see Mike Simons. Mike, you know, raise your hand, wave your Mike, if you would like to help with that, uh, if you can help with that, please see Mike uh, on that. Also, we talked about this a little bit in the sermon last week, Bible drill. It is Bible drill time again. I know they're working on the outing for the kids to go on the outing uh, from last year's winners, but Bible drill is about ready to start again this Wednesday, correct? This Wednesday night, Bible drill again. If you have questions, uh, please get with Sierra. Let her know it's grades 4th, 5th, and 6th, correct? 4th, 5th, and 6th for Bible drill. Uh, so I encourage you to have your kids do that. They learn 25 Bible verses, some key passages. Uh, they learn the books of the Bible in order. It is a very, very important thing uh, for kids. So very, very important thing. Any other announcements that I forgot this morning? I think I got everything covered, didn't I? Okay, if you would stand this morning, let's take up our morning offering and have our time of worship today.
and we'll pray over that, uh, and then we'll jump into God's word here in a little bit uh, together in Ephesians. So let's, let's bless the morning offering. Lord Jesus, again, I thank you for the opportunity again, Lord, to be here today, Lord, to worship you, to honor you, uh, Lord, and to lift our voices in praise, and Lord, uh, also to give back. You have blessed us so, so much beyond what we can even imagine uh, you've blessed us with. And so, Lord, it's, uh, we're, we're simply stewards and managers. And so, God, let us be good stewards to give back what is yours anyway, uh, God, and use it to further your kingdom, that people will be saved, the gospel will be preached uh, and shared locally, uh, nationally, and worldly, Lord, as people need it. We are in spiritual battle, and we just absolutely are. And so, God, uh, I ask you to bless these funds today. Use it to further your kingdom. It's in your name I pray. Amen. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war, you got my soul. You alone are the anchor when the sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. In the 
grants me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. Can I sing happy birthday to my kids? So it's uh, Sophia and Trevor's birthday. They're sitting right there. So uh, we're having a birthday party for them after church, so I'm going to embarrass them. So y'all help me sing to them. Happy birthday to you.
guys can be seated. I want to thank you guys for your passion, your passion and energy in leading us in worship. Second grade and below uh, can go down to Children's Church if they'd like to this morning. Second grade and below. So if you would open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. I think I would be in error this morning uh, if I didn't start out today um, by recognizing what today is. And I think, uh, we talked talk to a couple people this morning about this uh, earlier before Sunday school. Um, today is the 21st anniversary of uh, 9-11, of September 11th, uh, and what happened. And, and I, th- I, I told Selena, uh, maybe this morning, maybe it was last night, I don't remember, but I think it's fitting of where, where we're going to be preaching through. Um, you know, 21 years ago, there's a lot of people that don't, maybe weren't alive or don't remember it. Uh, a lot of our, our youngsters, of course, but, uh, and, and I think a lot of us folks have forgotten what happened. Um, 21 years ago, a bunch of cowards, and that's what they were, uh, the cowards, decided to kill a bunch of innocent men and women and children. When, when you want to go to war, you raise an army and you fight men against men. You don't kill women and innocent children uh, and women. You don't do that. Cowards do that. And, and I bring that up this morning. We need to remember that and remember why it happened. And how does that tie in? Well, I think it ties in perfectly because the reason that that happened was spiritual warfare. The reason why they hated our country is because they, they were radical Islamic extremist terrorists who, who they believe that the, 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 uh, the, the Islam teaches to go and, and kill, that we're all infidels and we need to all be killed and, and that's their solution is go and kill. And so they have hatred in their heart. That is from Satan. It's, it's a false religion. I don't have any problem saying that from the pulpit. Uh, it is it, absolutely Islam is a false religion. It is from Satan. Uh, they, they do not, that path does not lead to heaven. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So that's the only way to heaven. And they, they thought, well, hey, we just, we're going to try to kill as many. And they, they hated America. And you know why they hate America? Because they think that we are the picture of Christianity. And I want to say this morning that we are the furthest thing, in my opinion, uh, right now, for a picture of Christianity. Now, maybe around the world, people may look at our country and think that we are the picture of Christianity. But I got a lot of news for you. We're not anymore. Maybe at one time we were, but we're definitely not anymore. But they hated our country, and so a lot of innocent people lost their lives. And why do they have hatred? Because they have Satan in their heart. And that's spiritual warfare. That's spiritual warfare. And how do we combat that? Only through Christ. Only through Christ and by sharing the gospel. Only by sharing the gospel and through Christ. So as we start this series, I'm going to talk about spiritual warfare. And God gives us, he gives us the tools. He gives us the armor. He gives us the tools to be able to stand for him and to to go to war, to go to battle spiritually uh, for him. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Am I, is my mic cutting out? Is it cutting out a little bit? Do we need, we need to get a new one ordered, don't we? Yeah. All right. So, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. I'm pretty, if I don't need a mic, I just, I don't really need a mic. I just let, I know people need to hear online. You guys, I really don't need a mic, right? I'm loud. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Here it is. Here's, here's what I'm talking about. The whole armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, 
but, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in, heavenly, in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the spirit and with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Let's, let's pray together again. Lord Jesus, I thank you. This morning that we can gather here, Lord, to worship you and we can look at your word and study your word. And Lord, I believe as we, uh, we honor what happened in our country 21 years ago and we think back on it, Lord, and we, we better not forget, God, because it happened for a reason. It is absolutely spiritual warfare and hatred poured out. It's Satan. It's demonic. There's only, the only way anybody could kill innocent women and children is to have, it's just demonic, it's, it's evil. And, and Lord, so I think back on that and I think about our country and how people came to you and, and there was a sense of churches were full and people were seeking answers. And, and Lord, that was a good thing that came out of it, but here we are 21 years later and we're divided and we're more evil as a country than we've ever been. And, and, and for our followers who love you, Lord, our brothers and sisters that are here today, we are absolutely in a spiritual battle, and we have to recognize that. And Lord, it's only through you and what you provide can we stand firm. And so Lord, I pray as we go through these over the next few weeks and we talk about the belt of truth today, God, that you equip us, that we're obedient and, and humble ourselves to be equipped and we, all, Lord, we can answer for is what happens here locally, but, Lord, that we stand for you, and we stand on the truth of who you are, and we have truth in our lives. And, Lord, we don't waver on that. We stand firm on it, and we're bold, and we're ready to go to battle against evil. And so, Lord, I, I love you. I pray this honors you today. I pray it equips our congregation, and in all things, we love you, and we thank you. In your name I pray, amen. So I am excited, guys, in starting this new uh, series on spiritual warfare. Uh, and I think verse 10 in this passage really sets the stage for the whole passage. It says, finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. This is really the key thing for the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God is that it belongs to him. It's through him. Every piece of this is through him. Truth righteousness, the gospel, faith, salvation, the shield of faith, all are gifts from God to us, his people, for our defense. They're for us to wage war against Satan with. All of these are tools that God has given Christians to prepare for battle. It's kind of like different pieces of equipment today. And I got to thinking back on some of this stuff, and I may have covered some of these before uh, in a class, but... Well, you give specific names for pieces of equipment uh, in the military. Uh, and I, I'm going to name some of these out. And raise your hand. Tell me if you know what any of these possibly may be. A moonbeam. Anybody know what a moonbeam is? Flashlight. Flashlight. An e-tool. Anybody know what an e-tool is? Brian does. Shovel. 
Entrenching tool. It's a mini shovel, right? My military guys aren't allowed to answer during these, okay? 782 gear or deuce gear. You know what that is? It's gear that you put on over your flak jacket. Anybody know what a flak jacket is? It's your body armor. You put 782 gear on over your flak jacket. It's got grenade holders on it. It's got magazine holders. It all has a specific uh, purpose. A brain bucket. Anybody know what a brain bucket is? Helmet. <laughs> that was easy, right? Okay. Cadillacs. Anybody know what Cadillacs are? Your boots. Go Fasters. Tennis shoes. My military guys are not allowed to answer. Last one, my personal favorite, your housewife. Nope, everybody thinks that. Your sewing kit. I'm sorry, ladies. It's what we call it. Your sewing kit is called your housewife. I'm sorry, that's just the truth. Okay, I'm in trouble after. But here's the deal. You learned what your gear was, and you learned how to use it. So you knew what it was, and you knew how to use it going into battle. Well, listen, if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3-4, through 4, it says, Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets enlisted in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. So listen, if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, you have been enlisted into his army. You know, we, if VBS comes around, what's the one little song that we have the kids sing at VBS, right? And I'm not singing it because I'm not on the worship team, but I'm in the Lord's army, right? And they march around, they do the different stuff and all that, right? That's the truth. You are enlisted into God's army. So you have to learn how to use his gear because we are in warfare. And now he gives us, there's five commands really here. That, that were given for the soldier of Christ to do. And here they are. Here's five. They're real quick. Verse 10. The first thing we're supposed to do is be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. This means that I can't trust myself. I can't trust myself or my own abilities in this battle. I have to trust in him. I have to put on his might. Now the second thing is obedience. And that's verse 11. It says, we hear that we, we're told to what? Put it on. God has provided us with the armor to fight spiritual warfare and to go to battle. Now what do we have to do? We have to use it. You've got to put it on. You've got to be obedient in putting it on. The third thing is to do what? To stand firm. We've got to stand firm. We can't be wavering. As much as the world will tell us, when we stand firm, that we're bigots or, or whatever they want to call us, right? As true biblical Christians, it doesn't matter. We need to stand firm. We can't waver. We can't back on doctrine of who Jesus is. We can't waver on the gospel of salvation. Those are things that don't change. They haven't changed since when Jesus was here, and they certainly haven't changed in 2021. Here's the problem. We changed. People out there changed. Jesus didn't change. You know why they changed? Because they didn't want to stand firm. They were worried about being politically correct. we got to stand firm against the enemy. Listen, you can't fight from your back. you got to stand firm. Fourth thing, we're told we need to know the enemy. What does it say? We struggle against, our struggles against, not against flesh and blood, but against what? Evil. It's against evil. It's against Satan. So we have to know who we're fighting. 
The first thing that any military does when they go into a conflict is they scout out who they're fighting. They want to know everything they can know about who they're about ready to go battle against. So we have to know our enemy and his schemes. Because those schemes have not changed from the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve to today. They haven't changed. And here's the fifth thing, and I love this. He says to pray always. That's in verse 18. He says pray always. Spend time in prayer with the one who gives you the strength to go into battle. He, he, we have to spend time praying. And you know what also, it also says pray for the saints. Pray all supplication. So that means as my fellow warriors and brothers and sisters in Christ who are in God's military, God's army, right? We need to pray for one another. We need to pray for one another. Because listen, Satan, he may not want to attack all of us as a group. Why? Because the book of Ecclesiastes says there's strength in numbers, right? He'll try to pick one of us off. So we got to pray for one another. We have to be there. All right, so we're ready for that. So let's go. Let's go. Now we need to learn our armor. What has God given us? Well, we start today, and the title of the sermon is the belt of truth. What is this? What is the belt of truth? All right? I want to consider some things this morning. What is it? What does it represent? Why do we need it? We need to answer those questions. And there's a reason why it's listed first, I believe. All right, so in the King James Version, if you're reading different versions, it says, gird about your loins. That's something interesting that they say. In the the new uh, NIV, it says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. I think that's a great description of what this is. When we think of a belt, what do we think? It serves a purchase, a purpose. It, it keeps our drawers up, right? It holds everything in place. So you start with that. You want to have everything in place. You want to be ready for battle. It does the same thing for a Roman soldier. When, when Paul was giving the description here, everybody knew what a Roman soldier was. They knew what kind of gear they had on because the Romans were the ones that were, were walking around. So that's why he used the analogy of a Roman soldier. Roman soldiers, a lot of them wore tunics. Tunics were very uh, something w- widely known there, talked about a lot in Scripture. Tunics were two pieces of a rectangular cloth that were sewn together with holes cut for the arms and the head. And a lot of times they were worn below the knees. So during normal circumstances, uh, you, you would wear it just like that. But when you're ready for battle, you would bring it up and, and hold it up with a belt so you could move. It also carried a sheath or a da- uh, on the sheath a dagger um, uh, as well as it provided protection. So the, the, the tunic was pulled up so you could run and you could move. It, that's what the belt, it held everything in place. It was the first piece of equipment. So that's why he use, uses that description. It was the first, without the belt, you can't move, you can't fight. Everything's flying around, it doesn't hold anything in place. So that's why he used this as the first piece. But what does it represent? All right, there's a reason why this goes on first. If, it, if a soldier doesn't wear his belt and his tunic caused him to trip or everything's moving out of the way, you could fall. And what does it say? To stand firm. You can't fight from your back. I already mentioned that. Falling down in battle then was a horrible, horrible thing. It was a bad thing. So Paul uses that description and he says the belt of what? Truth. Truth. So what does that represent? Well, 
It represents God's word as truth for one thing. Uh, and further on in the battle, or in the, in the description of the gear, you see the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word of God. So is Paul being redundant about that the truth represents the word there and also the sword of the spirit? I don't think so. But he could be talking about the word, and we do know that God's word is truth. But here's what I think he's really talking about. Jesus' own words in John 14, 6. He says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So why is it the first piece of armor? Because what is the first thing a Christian has to do to become a Christian? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in the truth of who God is. Believe in the truth of who Jesus is. That's why the belt of truth is Christ himself. It's putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's believing in the truth of who Jesus is. Romans 13, 14 literally says, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. So without, without Christ, without the truth of who Christ is, with, without that holding everything else in place. Now when you think about a belt holding everything in place, Christ has to hold everything in place in your life. He has to be the center of your life. He has to keep everything together. At least he should. Jesus says, I am truth. We must put on the truth of who he is at all times. Now what does Satan want to do? Satan's number one attack is always, always an attack. He uses it all over the world. Is he attacks the truth of who Jesus is. He wants to sow doubt in who Jesus is. There are so many people, talked about Muslims earlier, they believe in Jesus. You know what they believe about Jesus? That he was a prophet, that he was a good teacher. Well, that's not a saving faith in Jesus. A lot of people believe, well, Jesus was a really good guy. So that's not the truth of who Jesus is. He was a good guy. He was sinless. He was perfect. He was God in flesh. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Satan will always attack the truth of who Jesus is, and he will try to attack God's word as truth. Those are always attacks. Now, what do we have to do? 2 Timothy 2.15 gives us a charge here on this. It says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So the, the belt of truth, it represents who Christ is. It represents the truth of who Jesus is and the truth of his word. So when we open God's word, we can see the truth of who Jesus is. Listen, if you don't believe the truth of this word, of who Jesus is, then you don't believe in Jesus. You don't know the Jesus of the Bible. If, you, if, if, if this is full of contradictions and errors, then our faith is dead and we can't believe in of who Jesus is. The truth of who Jesus is. The belt of truth represents Christ himself. He has to be what holds you in place and holds every other piece of armor in place. Well, it's kind of really redundant here, but why do we need? The third thing is, why do we even need the belt of truth? Without, without Christ, there's no battle. Without Christ, if we don't have the Lord Jesus Christ, if you don't have the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, in your heart, as your Savior, there is no battle. Because then there, you're no threat to the enemy. 
In fact, you are the enemy. Man, that's really harsh, Pastor Jeff. That's the truth. If you're not with Jesus, you are against him. There's not a little gray area where people can hang out and say, oh, I'm just not really sold out about who Jesus is, but yeah, I believe that there's evil and I'm just going to stay here. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, you're either for me or you're against me. And that's where you have to look at this and say, okay, hey, am I going to put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ or not? If we're not with Christ, there's nothing. You're either with Jesus or you're with Satan. Now, listen, I don't, we can call it all sorts of stuff. And people out there call it all sorts of stuff. You can call it spirituality. You know, I'm just, well, I'm just a very spiritual person. Well, what does that mean? Let's talk about that. Uh, I, I, you can call it spirituality. You can call it Islam. You can call it Hinduism. You can call it Wiccan. You can call it Buddhism. You can call it progressive thinking, political correctness. You can call it works-based salvation. You can call it anything you want. It's with Satan. Those are all schemes of Satan. James 4.4 4 lays it pretty clear out. I've, I've shared this verse with you guys before. It says, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world is, makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, that if your aim is to enjoy this world, you can't be a friend of God. So if you're like, I just don't know, I just, I want to be, you know, just, I don't really want to go out on a limb and really, you know, I don't know about the, all of this, well, well, then you're with Satan. That's the truth. That's, a, that's hard. That's a hard truth, but that is the truth. When we choose living for the world, living in sin, and not a total unwavering commitment to Christ then you're an enemy of God. That's what the Bible says. Listen, I, 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 I don't, there's not a standard anymore in our country. I talked about this earlier. Like, we're not, there's not a, a political party that you can look to and think, you know, the midterm elections are coming up. In a couple more years, we're going to be holding conventions, right? And we're going to be electing people to, for office, and you know what I see? And, and I know right now we really think, well, there's one party that really represents Scripture more than the other. A lot of people think that. Well, I don't even know if I think that anymore. I, 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 this morning I went down on my desk. This is what I got. The Pathway. This is from the Cooperative Pro. It's a ministry of the Missouri Baptist Convention. You know what the headline on this says? It says, U.S. House passes same-sex marriage bill with GOP help. Oh, but that's the party of Christianity. No, it's not. Are we fooling ourselves? When I watch, I, I, I watch them give a lecture or give speeches, and they'll bring in Mormons to lead the prayer, and they'll they'll bring in people that are, are living homosexual lifestyles, transgender to give speeches, and then at the end, you know what they always say? Well, God bless America. We're the party of God. No, you're not. Look what you just did. Look what. The, look at the headline. But don't be fooled. I mean, let's not be fooled here. We're about as anti-God as you can get anymore. You know why? Because people won't stand on truth. They get scared. Instead of, instead of just making a bold stand and saying, you know what, God, we're going to stand firm on what your word says, and that's what we're going to be obedient to, we waver because we start worrying about what other people think. Let me say, you can end whatever kind of prayer you want with God bless America. I see our government leaders do it all the time, and they live a life of hell. 
And then they say, but God bless America. He is not going to bless sin and idolatry. He won't do it. You know, here's the problem. When your neighbor's opinion of you is more important than God's and what you stand for, and your neighbor's opinion is more important about how you live your life than God, then your neighbor is your God and not Jesus. Jesus and his word should dictate what we stand for. The belt of truth. Every area of our life should be surrounded by Jesus. So you say, man, that's an impossible standard. Yeah, it is. That's why we have to get on our knees and humble ourselves daily as soldiers of Christ. And say, Lord, help me get this area out of my life. Listen, too many times we want to identify as putting on the belt of Christ as long as we don't offend anybody. As long as it's not an offensive message. But then you know what we do? In worrying about what the world says, you know what happens? We start offending God. You start offending God. The creator of the universe. Flip over a couple of pages to Philippians 3, 7 through 8. Philippians 3, 7 and 8. I love this. Just a couple of pages over. This is what Paul says. I love this. Philippians 3, 7 and 8. He says, But whatever I gain I had, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. What is Paul saying there? He says, everything else, everybody's opinion is rubbish and garbage compared to the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't care about anybody else, what anybody else thought about how he was going to follow Christ. Jesus was just the most important thing. And he was going to be obedient to his word. He was going to be obedient to who Jesus was and the truth of who he was. Turn to Romans chapter 5 real quick. Here's another verse on this. Romans chapter 5, verses 8 through 11. I love this because here's, here's the grace. I've just been really, really hard for like 10 minutes, right? Now here's the grace. This is amazing. It says, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have been now justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For, we, for if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled that we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we now have received reconciliation. Oh, that's amazing. Because here's the deal. You don't have to do anything to put on the belt of truth. You don't have to go to church every Sunday for a year. You don't have to say a bunch of Hail Marys. You don't have to go to confession. You don't have to take communion. You don't have to do anything. You have to put your faith and trust in Jesus. That's it. It's faith. You just have to believe in him. And you believe in the truth of who he is. And then you know what happens? We're restored. We go from enemies of God to soldiers of God. That's amazing. That's amazing. Just by no effort of ours at all. By no works at all. When we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, when we believe in him, we're restored to friendship. We're clean in God's eyes. All because of what Jesus did on the cross. If it's not of God, listen, if it's not of God, 
it is of the enemy. If it's a different gospel, it's of the enemy. If it's of a different message, a different way of being saved, it's of an enemy. Listen, the reason why this is first, guys, without having Jesus, you can't put on the rest of the armor. Without having the truth of Christ, you don't need it. You, don't have it, you, you can't use it. You don't need it. If you're not of Christ, you may be really bored over the next six weeks if you come. Because without Christ, it's done. You're done. You're done. Satan is going to devour you. The book of Peter, 1 Peter says he, he's a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, I want to hammer down this last point. Why does it have to be first? I, 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 I already said this, but I want to make sure we really hammer this home. We really understand it. It says, stand your ground having put on the sturdy belt or the belt of truth. Or having fastened, one translation says. You know the tense there? That is, it means it's already done. It's a past tense, meaning you've already done it. You've already done it. So when Paul's writing to this, who's he writing to? Let's make sure we understand. Brothers and sisters in Christ. This is something that when you put on the belt of truth, when you're putting it on, when you put your faith and trust in who Jesus is. Now it's going to hold everything else firm. Now listen, there are many, there are many people that think and believe that they've put on the truth of who Jesus is and who God is. And most of the time they don't say Jesus, they'll say God. Well, I believe in God. How many times I've heard that in ministry? Someone says, I believe in God. I, I, yeah, I believe in God. Well, well, what? What do you believe in God? Do you believe the Wiccan version of God? Do you believe the Islam version of God? You've got to get specific, right? I mean, you've got to be specific. There are many people, I would say there may be somebody here today, that your, your version or your, you're in your mind, you're going to be in heaven one day because you die because you believe in God. Scripture doesn't teach that. Scripture doesn't teach that. It says demons believe that there's a God, yet God is one, and they shudder. That's what Scripture says. Here's a story that I really want to drive the point home. And as many people think that they're serving God. Those guys, I brought up 9-11. Those guys who got on those airplanes 21 years ago this morning, and they flew those planes into buildings killing innocent people, they thought they were serving God. They, the minute... The minute that those planes hit those buildings, they realized, oh, what have I done? What have I done? They thought they were serving God. They weren't. They weren't serving God. They were serving Satan. Scripture teaches this. It shows us examples. Turn to Acts chapter 19. Here's an example of the Apostle Paul himself. Acts chapter 19. We're going to read verses 8 through 16. It's several verses. We're mad on time here. All right, I'm being long-winded this morning. I apologize. Acts 19, 8, 8 through 16. It says, And he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannius. This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. 
And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the inerrant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, say, saying, I adjure you by the name of Jesus who Paul proclaims. Seven sons of the Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit leapt on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both the Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. And many of those who were now believers came professing and divulging their practices. So God's using Paul. He's using him in ministry. Things are happening. People are being healed. Amazing things are happening. And you got seven, seven young men who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, who have not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, say, well, hey, we want to start doing some things. So they try to use Christ's name and serve him. And they try to cast out some demons. And the demons say, I know Jesus and I recognize Paul, but who are you? And the man who had the demons leapt on him and thrashed him and beat him down. Listen, there are many people that think they know the Lord Jesus Christ and try to serve him in ministry, and they don't. They don't know the truth. They, they try to serve God. I, I'm, I serve God. I love God. That's what they'll say. And they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the other point on this that I, I love. The demon says, I know, let me go back to it, in verse, um, verse 15. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know. Okay, was that demon saved then? I mean, he knew Jesus? He knew Jesus? No. No. Obviously not, right? A demon's not going to be in heaven. So what does it mean? You can know who Jesus is and not have a relationship with him. Listen, it takes more. Than that right there. It takes more than the knowledge of who Jesus is. What does it take? Your faith and trust. It takes your faith. That you say, God, I'm believing in you. I'm trusting in you with my life. I'm trusting in you. Listen, without Christ, guys, we're done. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We already have to have Christ on to do that. Before we can do battle for the Lord... You have to enlist in the army. You have to be willing to put your faith and trust in him. That means you put on Christ first. Listen, don't, don't deceive yourself. If you're not in Christ, the rest of the armor is useless. If Christ is in your heart, if he's your Lord and your Savior, you have the Holy Spirit, then be ready for battle. Be ready for battle. Because we're in a battle. I look back from 21 years ago, our country is a thousand million times worse off spiritually than it was 21 years ago. Amen? That's spiritual warfare. That is spiritual warfare. I want to, here's the warning. If you don't put on the belt of truth, if you don't put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, God's wrath abides on you. Romans 1.18 says, for the, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness do what? Suppress the 
truth. The truth. I want to close with the verse that I, uh, one of the verses that I shared earlier, towards the beginning, John fourteen six. Jesus said, "I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me." You know what that is? That's not inclusive. That's not saying there's many roads to heaven. Follow Muhammad, or follow the little Buddha. Follow worship in the tree, go hug the tree. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, my way is the only way. That's the truth. That's the truth. Now, I understand. I, under, I get it. People don't like to hear that. The world does not like to hear that. That's the truth. And you can't go to battle until you have the belt of truth on. Now, here's the amazing thing. Like I said earlier, you don't have to do anything to do that. You don't have to have a bunch of hoops that you have to jump through. You know what you do? You get down on your knees and you say, God, I need you. I've sinned. My sin has broken your law and I deserve a punishment for that. And Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for dying for me. I believe that you died for me and you rose again and defeated death. I'm putting my faith and trust in who you are. And that's, you know what, when you believe that in your heart, you know what happens? You're now justified before God. You've just put on the belt of truth. If you haven't done that, you're dead in your sins. You're dead in your sins. And I'm telling you, we never know. Every one of us in here today have an appointment to stand before God one day. It's appointed unto God, to, uh, it's appointed unto man to die, and after that, the judgment. Every one of us have an appointment before God. It could be today, it could be next week, it could be a month from now, it could be 10 years from now. I don't know. Here's the question. If you're, gonna, if you're standing before God, do you have the Lord Jesus Christ and his righteousness that's covered you? If you don't, I beg you today to get down on your knees and profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior and put your faith and trust in him and be saved. I'm going to ask you to stand and our worship team to come today. I want to pray for you, pray for our congregation. My brothers and sisters that are here today, my prayer for you is that you stand firm. You stand firm in teaching your children what 9-11 was and why it happened. You stand firm on the truth of God's word. You stand firm in your life on Christ. And you're ready for battle. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, this morning for your word. I thank you for the time studying this. I thank you for putting it here. Uh, it's just great. It's, it's great. And I, I thank you, Lord, that you equip us, that you equip us, not anybody else, not anything else. It's all through you. I thank you, Lord, for the truth of who you are. Without you, we can't do anything. We're worthless, worthless without you. We're nothing without you. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that if there are people here that don't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that today is the day that they humble themselves before you, that they realize their sin. There's a punishment for sin. There's a punishment for that. And Lord, that you were so rich in mercy and love and grace that you paid the punishment for us, and that they put their faith and trust in that. And make that public profession of faith to you, Lord, this morning. For my brothers and sisters in here, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we're, we're ready for battle. Satan is after us. He's, he's going to be after 
any, any place that's teaching the truth or trying to share the truth. And he's going to attack this body. And I pray, Lord, that we're ready for that battle. And Lord, in all things, we give you the praise and the glory. In your name I pray. Amen. He is jealous of me. Love like a hurricane. I am a tree. Bending deep. Wave is wind and mercy. When all of a sudden,
Thank you, guys. All right, here's the benediction today. It's John 8, 32. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's it. Freedom through Christ. Only true freedom is through Christ. I'm going to ask Max Hartman, you close us in prayer.